But you know what makes a great cash? A great cash is a cash when you walk back to the car, you're smiling and you're thinking, that was fun. This is a fun cash. So we're going to find this fun cash and then I'm going to show you how to build it. Geocache Talk podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Hey everyone, time for Geocache Talk. Whether you at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so that you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music and our patrons, Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, Jeff Arbaugh, Deborah Burris, Joshua the Geocaching Vlogger, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Teepkin, Cecilia Perez, Sydney Sawyer, Valena Mahar, Jane Jewell, Dana Pugach, Memphis Mafia, Craig Michelle, the Geo Gearheads, Zach Fick, the Deadliest Cashers, and our new patrons, Tim Turrell, Neil Moore, and Molly, the Geocaching Dog. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash geocachetalk for more details. Patrons get path tags, coins and other geocaching swag during the year as well as invites to special events only for patrons support levels start at as little as three dollars a month so let's start by uh welcoming one of my co-hosts sydney sawyer good evening gary did you have a good weekend <laughs> i did and uh I, I know you did we're going to talk about that tonight uh we're going to talk about the Texas Mega, Texas Challenge and Festival on Wednesday. So everybody needs to come back on Wednesday. We're going to do a live show and talk about that one. But And uh, Jesse's not with us tonight. He's on his way back to Colorado. So um, you got two-thirds of Geocache Talk tonight, and that's just fine. But we're going to jump right into show 41 for Sunday, March 19th. As we discuss the goings on at the WV Tim Geocaching Seminar, so um, it was on Saturday, right, Sid? Yes, this okay. past Saturday. Okay. In Martinsburg, West Virginia. Yes, his hometown. Yep. Okay, that's so cool. It's ninth. That's something you know. I, I didn't notice till we were doing the sh we were doing the show notes um, a week or so ago, and I you know I went out and checked it, and it's like. Oh, wow. He's done this nine years. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. I, I I had seen the event last year and wanted to attend, but we just it just didn't work out. But mm. this year we got to go, so it was good. Like, yeah, like you said, I can't believe nine years. I know. Like, out of the 16 years that geocaching has been around, he's been doing it for over half of that time. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that doesn't seem... And it, uh, during those nine years... Um, they've all been about 
gadget caches, right? I think uh, some of it, yeah. But some, like, I mean, we'll get into other topics, but they have a a variety of different topics of classes you can go to. I'm not sure of what they had in the past, but this year they had Mm. quite a few different topics you could so learn maybe, about. maybe early on he did some one on one type things. May, uh, no, I maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he would come on and talk to us about it. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we get before we get to seminar. Um, we had incredible weather down here in Texas with when Jesse came down for the week, uh, and we what's what's uh, to let everybody know. Um, we weren't, we weren't very nice to Sydney cause we kept calling her and telling her, Hey, Sydney, we're, we're in uh, short sleeves and in shorts. We're walking around. What's up? What's going on up there? And yeah. Meanwhile, you guys are out cashing in the nice Texas weather and, uh, New York and a lot of the Northeast got pummeled with a snowstorm uh, and we got, I think almost three feet of snow at my house. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Between, between, Tuesday to Wednesday, we got like almost three feet. Unbelievable. I mean, I know we called you that one day and you're like, no, there's a foot and a half on the ground. There'll be another foot and a half here soon. It's like, no way. That's uh. yeah. I think you, you called me on Tuesday after Jesse got there. I had just gotten in from shoveling and the snow was still falling. And the next day I didn't even make it to work because my car was stuck in the driveway and I didn't want to drive. So, and then right. by the end of the day, there was probably two or three feet of snow oh my on my car and couldn't even see it anymore. Now, did you didn't have any, did you have any issues just getting down to West Virginia? Did y'all have, or the roads were probably clear at that point? Yeah. At that point, the snow had pretty much stopped. Um, right. Uh, we still had a lot of snow up here, but as we were slowly making our way south, you know, the mm-hmm. snow was disappearing slowly. Oh. Slowly. So by the right. time we we got to you know Maryland area, there you could see the ground. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's so. good. Um, so um, you, there was um, so we'll, we'll kind of let's talk kind of about the the general part of it, and then we'll kind of get into the the specifics. But um, the way that that uh, WTM lays out the event, how does he? What's the what's the overall? Breakout session Um, type thing. So, right. He has three different what he calls breakout sessions, which last uh, between 50 minutes and an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this one started at nine and they just at the beginning and they kind of just have a general talk about what the event's going to be like and welcome everybody. And Mm -hmm. Tim gets up there and makes a speech about, (laughs) you know, thanks for coming and all this other cool stuff. He's, he's a funny guy. He makes cracking a bunch of jokes up there and he's so funny. He's yeah. He's, a- it was, and he's calling out people, his friends that are on the side and, he, and then he just gets off on some random tangent about something else. <laughs> and then, you know, so right. it was, he'll, he'll just talk and talk and talk and talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was telling a story about how he dropped a trackable in a cache and then, it went to Europe. It traveled 62,000 miles or whatever, how many miles, right. and then ended up in Singapore. And one of his friends that he knows was in Singapore, and he saw it at this event. And he said, hey, I know that guy. I need to take this trackable. <laughs> and I guess the little the little Chinese lady was like, no, no, you can't take this. It's not mine. And uh, so... <laughs> 
But eventually it got back and he had it at the event. So he was telling them the story about this, this trackable he dropped years ago. And oh, wow. it, was, it was a funny story. That is cool. Oh yeah. Can, yeah. You, ima- can you imagine just sit down and, and just spend a whole evening with Tim and just, just sit back and don't say anything. Just kind of, yeah. So tell us about whatever. And he just cried, go off and talk forever about Probably. It. <laughs> um, so, which ones did y'all? Uh, we've already kind of talked about this a little bit. What? Which ones did you decide to go to? And uh, you had Glenn with you, right? And, and yes. Rogue. So you had kind yes. of a had had the good puppy dog with you too. So how did you, how did you and Glenn kind of work out um, the the schedule a little bit? Yeah. So we we brought our dog with us, um, and since the classes are inside, obviously she can't go inside. Um, so we kind of split it up a little bit. I attended one of the, the first sessions and Glenn was with the dog and then we switched and he attended one of the second session classes and I hung out with the dog for a little while so that we kind of both got to attend and find a class that we wanted to go to. Right. Very cool. Um, which, what was something about, um, the like you went what was the to talk a little bit about the the first uh breakout session that you went to and what right what do you think that you liked about that one so the first breakout session i think the options were um they had a new to geocaching class right, right. um they had a, a gsec class and they had a travel caching route planning kind of class which is actually the one that i went to Despite, you know, I had been on shows before talking about traveling and stuff. You're an expert. I mean, what (laughs) what are you thinking, Sydney? What are you going to know? You thought about GSAC maybe, right? I I I did. mm -hmm. I was really debating between the two, but right before um, they started the first session, Tim was like, oh, this is going to be great because this guy's going to talk about this great app that he uses. And I was like, okay, that sounds kind (laughs) of interesting. You got talked into it. Yeah, Tim could probably talk anybody into doing right. into like walking off a bridge or something right just go over there just keep going yeah you'll be fine yeah uh, so you got talked out of gsec i'll oh, probably it's probably pretty good but i mean you and i are kind of project gc folks so right but i i, I use gsec a little bit but I, mm-hmm. I like project gc better i yeah. guess personal preference i think yeah it, it definitely is i we have some folks down here in texas uh electric water boy boy he loves he's a big gsec fan but <laughs> I've used both, and I've, I just kind of settled on Project GC too. But that's just personal. Like you said, GSEC's fine. Don't send us all hate mail because we said that because GSEC's just fine. It's okay. Right. Um, so what what are some things that kind of came out of the, the travel one, even though you've kind of done some of that? Was there something that ca- caught your eye about that one? Right. So this this app that everyone was raving about is called Road Trippers. So you can, before your trip, go on to the, they also have a website. So you go onto the website and you, you plan out your trip and you put in all your stops. And then this website has a bunch of points of interest on there, hotels and campgrounds and all that kind of stuff, but also like other quirky little things. Like he was talking about, he found the, the world's largest gavel and the biggest <laughs> ball of twine. And so all yeah. those little quirky things that people like to stop at while they're on, you know, a trip to get that cool picture with the the giant 
right. rocking chair or yes. whatever it is. The, the, the fire breathing dragon. They've seen that one. Right. You, know, where you push the button and fire the dragon breathes, you know. Uh huh. So, so then he was, but they, like I said, they also have an app. So you create your route online and then you can get the free app on your phone and you can kind of see, you know, what your stops are for this day and, you know, where your hotel is and how long you have to drive and stuff like that. So that was the, the biggest recommendation from that session. So it's not really tied into like you can put in 12 G- GC codes and it would route you to all 12 or anything like that. Um. It doesn't have geocaches on the Road Trippers app, but I think what what he was saying is you use this app to build up your route and maybe put in your hotels and your gas stations and other stops you want. And then you can take that route and export it and put it into geocaching.com to make a pocket query. Oh, okay. And then you get the caches along that route. Right. I mean, that's that's pretty good. You're sort of tying two things together. You know, and that's something that, um, you know, uh, Jesse and I talked about because Jesse wants to do, you know, you know, how Jesse is. He wants to do crazy stuff. And so he wanted he wants to do um, all the counties in Texas in one trip. And that's just almost I mean, it really is literally impossible. But he's, right. just, he's like, well, there's got to be some app out there that can tell me the, the, the quickest route. Kind of like the we've we've both seen that. And pretty much everybody's seen that uh, app where, or an app, it's the, um, it's the how to catch all 48 states in, right. in the shortest amount of time kind of thing. And so he's like, somebody should have done that for Texas. And so we asked around, we haven't found anybody. Uh, somebody mentioned, um, maybe you've heard of, um, it's not street maps, but it's like, Streets and signs, or I don't know. So there's some app, kind of like this one, I think, road like road trippers that maybe you could maybe figure out a way to do, you know, every hit every county. I don't know, mm-hmm. but but neat idea, you know, to try to combine. You're combining your geocaching with other stuff, and right. like, you, like you said, your hotels. You can sort of put that in your pocket query as well. That's kind of neat. Yep. Cool, cool. Um, so, uh, what was the next? Uh, what's the next one you went? To? So that was so breakout session one's done, and then what would you do after that? So at this point, Glenn and I kind of switched so that <laughs> he he could attend a class, and and I went and you got rogue you duty. Know, I, yeah, I was on rogue duty. <laughs> Um, but we had fun too. We actually went to one of Tim's caches. Um, it wasn't a gadget cache, but you had to walk through a drainage tunnel and it was only like three or four feet around. So the dog was fine. She was great because she didn't have to do anything, but I was like all hunched over with my bag on trying to walk through this thing. And she was like, what, why are you taking so long? Why are you going so slow? I'm like, slow down. You're like, but then, you, so you walk through this awesome. drainage tunnel, and you're actually underneath like the highway. Mm-hmm. So you look up, and it's like the the grate, and you just see like you just hear like the cars going by. Oh my! So that was that was a pretty fun one. Wow! And because uh, it's it's we were talking before the show. That's sort of like his lamppost cache one, but that one's in a you know near a. Res- or not? Res- it's like a little business, but you're like under a you're like under the r- the highway, right? 
Yeah. So, did you? Were you? Was it? Were you fooled at the first? It's like okay, where is this thing at? And it's like oh, it's probably below here. It's like it showed you like the middle of the road or something. You're like okay, it can't be middle of the road, but so yeah, the pin is in the middle of the road. But we actually, when we parked, we saw some people that were walking back, and I saw that they had trackable stickers on their car. Right. So I was like, oh, you guys must be geocaching. And they're like, yeah, are you doing the cache up here? And so they, they told me that, you know, mm-hmm. you had to walk through the, the tunnel to get to it. So awesome. so you get all the way in there. Was it, it wasn't like, okay, great. Now I'm here and I can't find it. Or did you find it pretty quick? Was that too bad? Well, I was actually looking around for a while because, so you, you walk through this, <laughs> this drainage tunnel but then you come to a point where you can kind of stand up because okay. the grates up there and that's where right. the the water falls down i guess right and there's like a bunch of different tubes and stuff so i was like looking around i didn't really know what i was looking for mm-hmm. but eventually i found it and it was pretty creative and i, I cool. don't want to give it away no, so but it's cool. a good one because that's tim he's not going to make it real simple and he's not yeah. going to make it he's always going to make it fun yeah all, all of his you know puts a smile on your face and all that so um, and then, so Glenn went to one, this is kind of another interesting thing. I think <clears throat> we were talking about before the show is the fact that Glenn's kind of fired up right now, isn't he? He's pretty excited. <laughs> That's pretty cool. He, he went to uh, a class about creative cash building. So this was Tim talking about ideas and ways to make gadget caches and smart caches. So so Glenn got an idea that he's very excited about and he wants to try and build. And you're going to foster this excitement. Right. Yeah, in, I have in, to help now. So, <laughs> But you want to keep that going because you got, you know, you got him on board now. Well, he was, yeah. He's always been, we we, we met uh, him and, you, you know, we get to see you two uh, out at Woodstock. And he seemed like he was interested but it sounds like his excitement level has gone, has, has moved up the, the ladder now that he's been to some of these. I think so. <laughs> he, he There's a lot of things that Glenn likes. I like geocaching and, you know, that's ma- that's kind of it. He likes <laughs> history. He likes video games. He likes all this stuff. So when, when I can kind of, we kind of visited some historical stuff this weekend also. So when I can kind of, find some historical place that he likes and also have geocaching involved in it. It mm-hmm. works out really well. That works out great. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So then, uh, so, so, you, so after that you went, you ended up going to, did you go to one more breakout session? Was that it for you? Or? We actually didn't go to the third session. We spent that time. Tim actually has four of his caches on the site where he has right. his event. Right. Which is which is actually at his church, which is really nice of them because they have a lot of land, and so he has these four caches out there, and mm-hmm. they let him have his event there every year and have whatever a hundred something people. Oh yeah, come in and that's crazy. I mean, it's like yeah. a, eventually the thing's gonna be a mega. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, once we're There's, really, mm-hmm. I think at least a hundred people right. there. Right, that's awesome. Um, so. you want to talk about um some things that you kind of picked up as far as about building building creative caches yeah we can okay um what are some things that you kind of picked up that 
maybe people don't realize that kind of maybe we might probably step back a second. Some people might not really understand um, what a gadget catch even is. We probably should, you know, because we have people of all different levels of, of geocaching. So let's step back. So what is what even is a, a, a gadget cache? Right. So apparently West Virginia Tim has been credited with coming up with this term gadget cache. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially it means the cache is pretty easy to find, but you have to figure out a way to open it or how to get the log out pretty much. Right. So originally Tim was doing kind of these mechanical, you have to push a button or find the right hole to look through to get like, may, like maybe the combination to a lock that's right. on the cache. So yeah. you, so you have to do that. But now Tim is working more into doing like what's called an Arduino, which is basically like a little computer. And so you program it on the computer and then you have different sensors you can use, like a temperature sensor or maybe a weight sensor or an altitude sensor. I think he even mentioned mm -hmm. that he yep. has a cache for. So you have to somehow... Like for the altitude sensor, you would have to move the cache up 60 feet in altitude or something like that. And so he said that he has a cache near a hill where you have to actually take it and mm -hmm. walk up the hill and then it'll spit out the combination or the coordinates for the second stage or something like that. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, like you said, his, um, now you'd probably, did you do some of his, we'll call those are, those are what he's kind of, kind of called smart caches, which is electro, you know, electronic plug a battery and stuff. Did mm -hmm. you, did you get to do, let's start with the mechanical ones to start off with. I call them mechanical cause there's no electricity. Um, right. They're, they're, he's kind of got them different. Uh, uh, of those, did you get to do any of those while you were there? Right. Yeah. So mainly that is what we did get okay. to do. I did. We did some of the caches that are that are on his new trail, the smart caches trail, but mm -hmm. they weren't actually smart caches. They they oh, like okay. have the Arduino in them. Yeah. That one of them was the one I talked about in the the drainage tunnel. So, okay. but that was that was really cool too. They're all of his caches, whether they're gadget caches or not, they're all really fun. So. Right. But the ones that we did were all uh, mechanical ones, pretty much. Uh, okay. four, like I said, four of them are on the site of his church. Right. So we went to the event, and then we walked around the grounds and kind of worked on some of these. Was it kind of like Safecracker? A lot of people have, have – I've copied Safecracker. I still have one out here. Um friend of ours in uh, Kerrville, she's done a, a Safecracker version um and he's got a video on that so what was it kind of like to actually go find one of wb tim's caches this is kind of now is there's a lot of people there so it's a little different were, were you kind right. of like standing in line to, to sign the log kind of thing like a mega or? At, yeah at, so at first when we were walking around obviously some people were in the class but some people were out finding these caches we went to one and someone was there and we didn't feel like waiting so we went to a different one <laughs> and then some other people were there so we walked to the next one so we we actually started with his cache called some assembly required mm -hmm. which he gives you it's it's a multi so in the first 
the first waypoint, you get a book with instructions on how to build this little device that he has. And then you, you have to put it together and you have to do something with it to figure out the coordinates for the final. So that, that one kind of stumped us a little bit because, you know, you're trying to like look through the Ikea instructions and figure out how do I right. put this thing together. And there's, so a that ton, it, there's a ton of parts in that thing too, right? It's not like four yeah, parts. It's like, like an ammo, a regular size <laughs> ammo can full of parts. And then you have some extra parts that oh, are left over at the end. No, no. Yeah. So he got, he got a little, a little tricky with that one. That's cool. That was, that was a really fun one. Um, and then, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, we also did Safe Cracker, which is on the grounds there. That one was actually very hard for us. Um, I'm not sure why, but the <laughs> the theory or the the premise is that there's four hidden clues near the cache, and the cache has uh, a combination lock on it, which has four letters. So you have to look around Ground Zero for these different clues. Um, and the first letter of whatever you find, say it was an apple, you would use A in the combination lock. So we we struggled for a long time looking for these. And you would think because there's no leaves on the trees, there's nothing. It would be easy to find, but no, they're very hard. Right. And um, so we actually found two almost right away. And so we we're like, okay, good, we're doing really great. And then it took like 20 more minutes to find another one. And then we actually never ended up finding the fourth, but we were just like fiddling with the the letters we had and different combinations and you know the last letter that could possibly be, and we ended up getting it. So we kind of kind of fudged it a little at the end because <laughs> all right, I, all right. I still have no idea where that fourth clue was or what it was. <laughs> all right, just brute, brute force the last one. Yeah, that's but. A cool idea. I mean, really is. I mean, that's something that really he talks about in his video he did was pretty much anybody can do that. I mean, that's something that's, you know, it's something we should, I mean, it's of all the ones he has, that one seems to me like one that all of us should do because it's so cool to go hunt for these little things. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and then you have to, you know, get you the, 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 the combination to the uh, to the to the locks that's very cool right um, so what are some of the other ones that uh, the, uh, you mentioned about um, there's one that I've seen before and I, I think maybe you did this one's called gadget supplied right so so this one, one is mm. um, a birdhouse like pretty much all of his caches are. And then yeah. on the side, it has a door with a padlock on it. And on the front, it has a drawer that you can pull out. And he mentions on the cache page that inside the drawer, there is a magnifying glass, um, a couple batteries. I think there was a nine volt battery and a double A battery, um, a battery case and a washer. And he says that one of those items in the drawer will help you figure out the combination. So you have to figure out, is it the battery or is it, is it this magnifying glass on the, and there was also a dowel pin. Right. So there's like, there's numbers written on the cache on the outside and there's holes to put things in and you have to kind of figure out, you know, how you get the right numbers right. using well, the tools in the right. drawer. <laughs> and what's hysterical is he's always said that people, 
uh, have kind of contributed to the cash, and they put their own little doodads in there, you know, obviously that are appropriate, and they sort of add other tools that aren't, you know, obviously not to be used, but they, they kind of throw you off even further sometimes with extra things. Right. In it. Originally, I thought, with, I didn't really read the cash page, so originally I thought it's going to be... Wait, 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 back up, back up. You didn't read the cash page? That's okay. We. That's yeah. What, that's what Jesse and I it did. Happens. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't read happens. the cash page either. I know. We do the same thing too, so... So originally I thought it was all just a decoy and I was like, you just have to do something with this drawer and right. like, then something will happen. Cause I've done those like that before. Yeah. We push on the drawer and it, it'll pop open kind of thing. Right. Was, yeah. So uh, that's what I thought at first, but then that wasn't working. And eventually some, some other people came that's over good. and I, and they, they helped me figure it out. So that was oh, good. That's good. Uh, awesome. So from, from these different ones that you did that were at the event, um, what what kind of stuck out about not just the what you have to do? What, what are what are some things that, that that you that kind of come to mind that about his caches that impresses you and you think you want to try to maybe replicate? Not necessarily the exact thing, but what what are some things you want to replicate? on your own caches? Um, mostly, even if it's not like a, it doesn't have to be a really complex gadget. It could be something really simple and just like, you could tell the amount of work that he puts into them and building these big bird houses and all the, the paint jobs are really nice. And he paints them to theme, like maybe what the location is. Like he has some at businesses that I think he does, you know, special paint jobs for and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, um, like I said, even if it's just a simple thing, like one of the other one we found is you pretty much just have to find the tool to push a thing to get the cache to open. Right. And then that's really simple, but it's really just a little something extra that makes it a little bit more fun rather than just you're finding a piece of Tupperware yeah. under a brain or something. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, and you put some a couple of things in the notes I think are 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 really good. It's like you know it's something we really should do if we're gonna make a cash, spend the extra time, um, you know, because he this is stuff I need to do too. But uh, you know, he adds a primer coat and then three layers of paint. Right, that was one thing that he brought up during his his cash building mm -hmm. site was that he paints it with primer first and then three coats of paint. And he said that don't paint it until you know where you're going to put it. So then if you, you know, you can kind of theme your paint job to where you're putting it. Right. And he, he also mentioned that to spray your cash with some sort of bug killer so that you don't get little ants and stuff oh, inside no. your birdhouses. Because they can crawl in the teeny little tiny cracks. Oh, yeah. I have, I have one out here in town and that very thing happened. In fact, I did a little short video about it, but I opened that thing up and it was full. And so I had to take it down, bring it home, you know, knock all the ants out, bring it home, spray it out and clean it out. It's like, had I been a little more careful in the process, maybe I wouldn't have had done all the extra maintenance. Yeah, that's one thing I think that's interesting is Tim, you know, his caches get so many fines that they've, you know, and obviously they got to wear out, but he really does kind of 
take that extra, goes the extra mile. And that's why, I'm, you know, um, when he, when he talked about um, just building them, was there anything else that, that really stands out? I mean, the paint job is what I think is kind of cool that he goes through, but right. Did he talk about, um, what did he talk about as far as the, the base uh, of the, of the cash? What are some things that you think are key to building one of his, uh, birdhouses as he does? Uh, huh. yeah, he mostly does birdhouses, mm. um, which are really cool. Um, different shapes and, he said um, to make sure, don't build your, your birdhouse first. Make sure you figure out all the, the components um, that need to go in it. Like if you're doing an Arduino and you have, you know, you have all these different components and lights and stuff. So make sure you figure out that part first and how you want the person to get the, the actual cash out. Mm-hmm. And, and then build your birdhouse around that. So make sure you have enough space for all your your components and also um he mentioned that he uses four different types of screws like he uses phillips head and hex head and all these different kinds so that someone can't just come up with a screwdriver and unscrew the front and take the cash out it would take a lot more effort to tamper with it that way okay cool and um you you in the chat room and she asked about um does bug spray only work on wooden caches or can we spray other types of containers? Did he talk at all about plastic? I think or? he was hit. Most of his caches are wood, like for the birdhouses and stuff. So he uses like, just like a raid or some other sort of bug killer spray on the outside to make sure that, you know, ants and stuff are deterred from going in there. Right. Very cool. Okay. I wouldn't um, use like a, a off spray. I don't think that would be, mm-hmm. but like general household, like ant deterrent and things like that, I yeah. think would be good. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, so when we, so when we start talking about the, um, the um, smart, well, let's, let's step back a second. So anything, anything else about the, just doing a general mechanical cash that comes to mind um, um the, the other thing that just just came to mind for me at least was if you are building a birdhouse you need some way to attach it hmm. to a tree or you need a post and um geocaching.com does not want you to put nails or screws into any trees right so you have to keep that in mind some of his he uses like a chain mm-hmm. around it to to that's taunt to keep it to the tree or he has it on a post that he, he puts in the ground there. Right. Like, like just a big, you know, like, I don't know, a couple yeah. inches long. Kind of like a mailbox. Kind of like, or like, like a mailbox post. Yeah. 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 That's important, you know, to, so people know when they're, cause when you first start out and say, I didn't, uh, you know, now I, you can, and you can buy these, really long zip ties, you know, large zip ties that are really long and you can then of course loop them together. You can make them really long. So zip ties will work or a chain, you know, that as long as you're not damaging the tree, uh, you leave room for it to grow. Cause if it's going to sit out there for a while, uh, depending on right. the tree, of course it depends on the tree, but yeah. Um, so, you know, did he talk at all about, um, 
any of his disappointments? I know some of his caches have been destroyed. Did he kind of talk about any of the, any I, of the ma- maintenance or? Um, mostly he just talked about the building. I think he was, he was really trying to keep it Positive, more right. focused on, mm-hmm. on idea creating. I think it is what Glenn told me was he was actually taking ideas from the crowd. Like, Hey, give me an idea of a, mm-hmm. a sensor. And so someone said like a, a weight sensor or something, and then they would work together to come up with an idea for a cache. Oh, yeah. So he said, basically, if you have any idea for, you know, some sort of game or something like that, that you could pretty much build a cache out of it. Oh yeah. He, yeah, he's, uh, he cracks me up about, uh, that whole deal. You know, I've talked to him before about, you know, give me an idea, throw, throw an idea, Matt. Yeah. Come on. Anything you got? Tell me, tell me a sensor that's out there, because right. he knows I know a little bit about the sensors. So, um, so as far as the smart smart caches, what are some other what's some things that come to mind about that whole? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, these Arduinos are obviously little computers. Like I said, they'll they'll need some sort of power supply. Mm-hmm. So Tim usually asks. Um, the person that's finding it to bring certain things to find these caches. Uh, the smart caches usually he says to bring four AA batteries, which is sufficient enough to power your little Arduino. A few of them you need nine volt batteries. So if you are going, you know, you're going out to find some of these, make sure you read the cache page and see if there's anything you need to bring. Um, batteries, or I think one of his you need a lighter or some matches and a cup of water. I don't quite know what that's for. We didn't get to that one, but <laughs> so just make sure you read through the cash page before you go out and find it and see if there's anything you need to, to bring with you. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Um, was there anything? So it's funny is that his, his um, probably recommendation for smart caches is exactly what he does with, his mechanical caches and that is he will seal his caches so well the first kind of course now that he's doing arduinos you know it's especially important that you know you don't let water in there and all that kind of thing but mm-hmm. since tim is like uber he's the man when it comes to sealing up his cache caulking it properly and all that stuff but is he does i mean i'm sure he mentions that you know, you mm-hmm. gotta have it. You have it just right for. You know, I just can't imagine. I mean, obviously it works. People do it. People do it all over the country. But you know, putting an Arduino, and you're gonna you're gonna do this too. I mean, do you have any kind of concern about this Arduino is gonna fail? You know, a week after I stick it out there, because I mean, right. I think, um, like you said, he puts a decent amount of work into kind of waterproofing his mm-hmm. his birdhouse caches and using caulk and this i think he uses like a waterproof paint that he uses some of them he also puts like a, a sheet of metal or some other plastic on the on the roof of the birdhouse mm, so that okay. the water kind of drains off and um he, he keeps the birdhouses so that the front of it overhangs yeah you know the, the front where the front door of the birdhouse would be so that the water drains off the front and doesn't dribble down that's a good idea because a lot of times I think the interaction with the cacher is in that part that's sort of under uh, is like underneath the roof so that right he doesn't lose 
you know, he allows, like you said, for that water to drain, drain off whenever it's raining. Cause it's going to be out there in the, you know, putting something out in the wild. I don't know if anybody's, you know, many folks listening have done it. Many haven't perhaps, but you put a cash out in the wild, as we say, um, even if it's in a box of some type, I mean, you're still, you're still susceptible to the elements. And mm-hmm. I know you've put out caches and you're, you're in kind of a, you're in the brutal uh, snow and all that. We don't have that kind of thing down here. We got a lot of heat. <laughs> we get such high heat though that, you know, you get, I've gone out to some of my caches and it's like, Oh, this thing is cooked. I mean, I need to put it in something better than this particular Tupperware container. Cause now it's all, you know, it's pretty much trash. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's something you, as a new cashier or relatively new cashier, sometimes you don't think about at first because you're thinking, you know, I make it, you put it out there and it's like, come back a year later and see what the thing looks like because right. it, it may like, it may not work at all at that point. So is there anything, and I'm sure that's why you put the three coats of paint and all that on it, but um, did he have any other kind of suggestions as far as like, how's this thing going to survive for years in the wild or I think mm-hmm. one thing is you just have to commit that you know every six months or so you're going to need to take this out bring it home and clean it out and do some maintenance on it that's because right. Tim has a, a quite a large shop at his house a woodworking shop and he has caches hanging on the walls and he's doing maintenance so you just have to know mm-hmm. that if you're gonna make a cache like this you're gonna have to do more maintenance on it than you would um, just a regular traditional cash, I think. Right, right. So you have to know that going in pretty much <clears throat> that you're going to need to spend some more time with something like this. You can't just throw it out there and then have it be. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you know, and that's something I think that new new cashers or even as we talked about, you know, fairly inexperienced cashers don't really think about when they're like, oh, I wanna, I'm going to go because I've had people and you've probably had people too who you've talked to and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna put thirty caches. Uh, like they found like three. In fact, we had somebody we knew in town. They're like, we want to put out a dozen of them here. Pretty sure. It's like, yeah, it sounds great, but um, you really do. If you want to be a if you want to be a responsible geocacher, you need to understand that you are. Those are three babies out there that you're gonna have to keep track of. You get logs that need to be replaced. You've got, you know, get wet logs and you get, um, you get crazy inexperienced cashers come by and they, they damage them. You know, so there's a lot of things that you kind of have to, which, which I don't want to scare people off from actually putting caches out. I wish people, I, I think every geocacher should put out at least one geocache. So mm-hmm. that's my. Yeah. Um, you don't have to, but I'm really hoping that everyone out there who is a geocacher, please commit to at least one. Cause I know a lot of people that don't do them and I don't think you understand fully uh, what goes through, what goes on f- with a cash owner until you actually own one yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Exactly. Because, um, there's little things. I mean, we had one 
that I went and maintained. It's a little further from the house than I kind of, I mean, it's okay. It's one that's a little further than, but I'm w- willing to maintain it. You know, you got to be able to main, you got to be committed to maintaining it. But I got a couple of logs on it and it was like the logs full. I was like, all right, I put it on my list. I'm going to go buy and, you know, take care of it. I go by there and there's like, there's like, uh, it's a nano. And so I opened it up and um, there's like three spots on one side and the thing is a, you flip it over and there's like four spots. It's like, well, where do they, do they just not unroll it the whole way? They were lazy. (laughs) That's what Jesse said. We were out there. It's like, I think people are just lazy. They're like, yeah, it's full. They didn't really check all the way that it, it was full. I mean, it's like, come on. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you have to deal deal with as a cash owner. It's like, log is full. We had, I talked to somebody. Uh, we were at the, the Texas Mega, which we'll we'll talk about on Wednesday. Uh, we're doing a live show. In case for people are asking, we're going to do a live show, 8 p.m., just like a Sunday show. We're doing a 41.5, 41 and a half show, and talk about Texas Mega and all that all that went on down there, and tell you the whole story about treasure and how that all went and all that so come back on wednesday for the live show uh for discussions about that but this person said that they had a log and they got a they got the thing about it says the log is full and she went out to check it because she's a very responsible cash owner literally the front of it was full and the back there wasn't a single signature on the back and, and so she's like seriously you're you got your entire back to the log and you're just gonna you know it's like yeah folks you can sign the back of the log if there's space you know it's like right really you don't no, anyway all right all right back back to back to the wb10 that's my little it's my little side uh um what do they call those Sur- service announcements public service announcements, yeah. psa you uh-huh. know so uh, that's my public service announcement. All right. Um, so, um, what are some other, uh, things that were of, of note when you were there? So, um, you came back, did you come back today? Yeah, we came back this morning. Well, we left this morning and okay. came, got back this afternoon. Did you geocache this morning at all or? Um, we stopped at, uh, one rest area on the way back. Um, okay. but it was in, it was in Pennsylvania. So it wasn't oh, okay. right. We did, we did stop. Tim has, um, some other gadget caches. Mm-hmm. He has, uh, two that are at a rest up right when you cross into West Virginia. Right. Um, and that very, part of West what, Virginia is not very big. So it's like you right. drive through West Virginia for a half an hour and then you get to Virginia. <laughs> now, is that where his real famous one is? Um, so he has, I'll tell you the two that are there. Okay. Uh, one is pretty new. It's one mm-hmm. of his, uh, it's on the new trail. It's called ABCs of geocaching. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a classic, you just have to figure out how the cache gives you the combination to the lock is mm-hmm. what it was. I don't want to give away. No spoilers no, here. No, spo- no spoilers um, on this show. We don't do that. And then, right. So the other one at the rest stop is called evolution of the rest stop and it's not a gadget cache but it has a theme and it's very fun but you have to see it yeah to you, gotta, find you, gotta out. Go, you gotta go do it you know the abcs of geocaching this is something abcs of caching i'm sorry um which is amazing um 
that 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 one has 248 favorite points. The right. Show, and that I mean, one just came out this past June. Right. And so 248 and it's been found 516 times. And it's it, I people that don't understand or are new, like I said, new to geocaching, relatively inexperienced. Um, this is really, this is a, a place that we all, I mean, I, I want to go up there because you don't find caches of this quality in this concentrated of an area anywhere in the world. And I defy anyone to say that there's anything of the gadget cache world out there. There's other gadget caches obviously in the world and there's probably some, but the concentration in Berkeley County or the surrounding close to Berkeley County uh, in West Virginia is just staggering. Mm-hmm. You know, just because of one, one guy, one guy who's dedicated, he's retired now. So, I mean, he's got some time to do this, but that's to our benefit. The fact that he's willing to, to do that, you know? Yeah. And, and so many people go there every year just to find his caches that, you know, their their tourism, their tourism bureau and and his hmm. his county representatives and all this stuff are asking him, will you put a cache here? Will you put a cache here? We need people to come here. And so I think they're planning another geo trail for this summer mm, wow. that, that he's been working on caches for. Wow. That's a big deal for him, and that's something that um, you know, I've I have mentioned. I've talked to him briefly about uh, is the fact that are you going to do more of them? And he's he's a little. Re- I mean, he's a little reluctant because it's a lot of work, and he doesn't want you know. And and, and Tim never does anything halfway. I mean, you saw right. I mean, if he commits, if he's going to commit, like you say, if he wants he's going to commit to another trail, by golly, it's going to be another unbelievable geo trail that he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if, you know, he commits, he's going to do it. Um, and, you know, something that I, I, I think um, that I forget about is the fact that some of these unbelievable caches may not be there forever. Uh, one of them that I didn't really think about uh, before and so what I'm, way I'm saying that is that plan your trip soon if you've never gone down there to find some of his caches because um, there's a real famous one he did um, the one at the Chick-fil-A uh, he's done a did a video on it and cool thing but it's been retired you know it's, yep. it's not it's no longer it's out not there. there anymore we went to that Chick-fil-A did it's you really there. it's not the, yeah yeah he actually has a, a different cache there now. So what, oh, what, okay. what I was just thinking was, was he adds every year they, well, they have been adding these new trails, but he kind of retires some of the old ones to, to put a new one at the location. So if you are planning on going and doing some of these trails, I know they still have coins. They have reward coins. So if you find a certain number, you can, you can get a geo coin. And so they have coins left for, um, the newest trail, the Smart Caches of Berkeley mm-hmm. County, and right. they also have, I think, the Mystery Caches Mis- of Berkeley County. Right. Also, they also have coins left for. Right, and I th- and I think that they're yeah. He had several trails. Um, right, I think they're yeah. up to their fourth or fifth trail now. 
Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, plan, you, you might need to plan ahead if that's something that you're, if there's one that strikes your, like, uh, one of his early ones was the key is the key is of course retired. The, 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 the Chick-fil-A one was kind of cool sounding. So if you hear about ones, you know, like if you're very, if you're really interested in Arduino and doing these really cool smart caches, you know, don't wait five years or six years to go do it. You know, you kind of have to think ahead and you might want to, you know, get it on your agenda a little earlier. I'm sure it'll be out for a little while, but still, you don't want to wait too long because, um, you know, he may have to change things up a little bit, it's, you know. Right. Time Especially on. if you want to get one of these geocoins, make sure you go because I'm sure they're they're a hot commodity. Yes. Especially when, when summer comes back around, people are going to be going there a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you want to get one of these geocoins for their, their trails, make sure you, you plan on. <clears throat> it's going to take you a, at least a whole weekend because we were pretty much in West Virginia for that one day and there was no way I didn't we weren't going to find the enough caches to get the coin. So we just kind of picked a few that we thought were cool. Mm-hmm. But make sure you plan at least a whole weekend, I think. If you want to do the trails. Right. And I think that on some of the trails, uh, like you said, a couple of the trails are still out there. You can't get a coin form anymore because. Right. So a lot of the caches for the earlier trails are still there and they're really great caches, um, but they don't, they don't have coins left for them because, you know, people flog down there when you say (laughs) free geo coin for finding geo caches. Right. Right. So they, they went pretty fast, I think. So it's similar in a sense to a geo tour, but in many, in some ways, um, the uh, the visitors bureau down there is not going to commit to buying additional. Whereas a geo tour, sometimes they're gonna, they'll they'll commit to buying another round of uh, of coins. You know, they're they're not they may not you know they don't have to. I mean, there's no there's nothing they have to do. Um, you know, they're just doing these as part of their visitor bureau. And mm-hmm. they may not want to buy another series of, you know, so you got to get there when you can. They'll buy a chunk of them. Right. And then, you know, so. Um, so do you feel like. Um, what what are what are your what are some of what, what are your thoughts about. Putting out gadget caches, do you because uh, I know I don't think I've ever asked you, uh, do you have a gadget cache out? I have one okay. and it's. Kind of similar to one of Tim's. I have a couple other ideas, but I haven't mm-hmm. haven't really worked out the details yet. Um, but you have to put a lot of planning into it. And there's things I've learned um, from this event or just from talking to other people about how you can improve on your caches. Like mine, I found a bunch of bugs in it once. So mm-hmm. now I have the idea that, you know, I'm going to spray down with bug bug killer and all this stuff. So... I think, you know, once you get out there, I would say get out there and find some, whether it's in West Virginia or wherever you are in the world. Um, And then maybe you could just get an idea and tweak it a little bit and make it your own. And and then maybe after that, you could come up with, you know, completely new ideas. And also there's a lot of these ideas on YouTube. YouTube's a great place to go and find videos. Tim has a whole bunch of videos on how to build all of these different gadgets and even like exact measurements for the wood and everything like that. So if you're looking for ideas or need some help building, I would suggest looking on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's very helpful. 
Yeah, and Tim's videos are kind of interesting because he does sort of half the video. In case it means if nobody's ever seen a West Virginia Tim video, you got to go watch them. I mean, they're incredible. But the first half of the video is him kind of showing you the showing you the cash, and then the second half is typically him showing you how he made it, mm-hmm. which you don't always get that complete. Um, some people do a, a pretty good job of kind of showing you how they may or, you know, how they kind of made it. Some do. Many people don't. They'll show you a gadget cache and then you sort of have to figure it out, which it's just fine. It's entertaining, but it's not really educational if you're trying to do a gadget cache for yourself, you know. Right. Um, so do you, from from after doing this weekend, do you feel like, your once you have the ideas you that you want are you going to try to do uh a couple this year another one this year maybe up in uh, up in the uh, buffalo roughly buffalo area rochester area right so um i have an arduino Mm -hmm. um that we're going to try and and figure out how to use i have to kind of mess around with it and because i bought like a little starter kit where you Mm -hmm. can like plug in a bunch of different stuff and it teaches you how to do it. So I, I just have to set aside some time at some point. You got Glenn all, you got Glenn all fired up now. I know. I know. to him and go, Glenn, figure this out for us real quick. Tell me what you find out. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we'll just have to fiddle around with some things and just see if we can come up with something. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's just so neat. Yeah, it's just such a great idea to, to put out. And, you know, something else Tim will tell you is that, you know, for people, uh, you know, you're willing to kind of take, you know, to learn it and do it. Some people are sort of scared to death to do to do a, a smart cash, let, or, you know, or, you know, they're not going to even think about that, let alone the birdhouse with the mechanical stuff and all that kind of thing. But I think, and I know Tim would tell you until all of us, you know, at the at the very least, kind of think think a little bit about how you can make a cash that'll bring a grin to somebody, you know, a smile to someone's face, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there was more than once, like you're saying, you, you and Rogue got to go, uh, you know, on the this thing and kind of hunt for a cash. I'm sure at the time, you know, you're like, this is just, this, you know, you're probably, you know, you had fun doing it. It wasn't. You know, it's not it doesn't have to always be a smart cash, but it, right. he took he took the time to think through the experience to a point where, and he always says that you know if I can bring a smile to somebody's face when they find a cash, you know I've done my job. Right, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else before we kind of wrap up tonight, Sydney? That's that's it. I think we we spit out a whole bunch of information yeah, we tonight. Did. Um, the notes, uh, show notes will be up on the website, um, either tonight or tomorrow. So you always check those out. That's something about the website. We're always updating the website. We're always adding, you know, the, in case you ever miss the show, all the audio, um, is always put up there and under the audio tab, under the video tab. Um, you can always catch, I always link the YouTube videos in the video tab. Um, we're putting other, uh, content on the website, um, you know, there's the shop is going to be, we're working on getting the shop kind of cleaned up a little bit. Uh, we can buy some shirts. We're going to add, we're, we uh, talked about, we're going to add hats soon. Um, 
And so, you know, check them out if you find something of interest. Um, obviously, the, you know, little bit of money that comes off of those goes back into the show uh, to, to add uh, more value uh, to the show. We are going to be doing a lot of things here in the near future where we got a lot of, a lot of things planned. Um, so uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming up um, for really the Geocache Talk channel uh, in, in full, we're doing a, we've got a lot of things in the works. The podcast is really, um, going to be just a portion, uh, just, a just one of the aspects to the whole geocache talk network that we're, that we're building. And so hopefully you guys are excited about that. We're very excited, uh, here, um, at, you know, Studio East with with Sydney and Studio South with me and Studio West with uh, Jesse and uh, whenever we can you know, do uh, things, we're going to provide uh, different aspects for everybody. Um, and so stay tuned for those announcements as they come along. Um, and one thing I did mention is that... Um, this Wednesday, we're doing a sort of a 0.5 show. We've done that a couple times, but we're doing a 0.5 show on Wednesday night, 8 p.m., just like just like a Sunday. But this gonna we're uh, we're gonna talk about the TXGA, um, uh, the Texas Mega, uh, the challenge, who won. We'll tell you about the the whole story about uh, the winners and the whole weekend. It, it started on Thursday, went all the way till today. Uh, and we'll do a recap show. We'll talk about treasure, how that went, uh, what was the crowd's reaction to the movie, so forth and so on, and give you some kind of behind the scenes and some crazy stories about um, how that all went, and get Sydney's reaction to us crazy, <laughs> crazy guys that because Jesse came down for that. So um, then next Sunday um for show 42 we're gonna have on ryan semmel which we got to hang out with uh at the texas one ryan semmel is um the head uh the the grand poobah for moga 2017 in manhattan kansas and so uh, it was great fun to uh to talk to ryan and um get his kind of uh um his kind of take was kind of neat because I, I kind of kept, kept, uh, kept, you know, Ryan, what do you think? What do you think about this? You know, trying to get some more info, info from him a little bit about what, what do you think about Moga, uh, you know, coming up and, you know, he's, um, he's really working hard and he's got his whole team uh, of folks. He's got a core group and he has a lot of volunteers. They're going to make uh, that Moga just a, a huge deal. I mean, I've already, I've heard some, and, and Ryan's going to give us more uh, insight next Sunday. But mm -hmm. um, if, if for some folks that haven't planned or, you know, maybe that's a, a thing to, to think about going to is if you've never been to a mega uh, middle of this country. So, you know, plan right. on. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're uh, if you're eight hours away or less, you know, I would suggest, you know, you need to make that trip because it's uh it's really cool, and they've got a lot of planning involved. And uh, we've got um, the show is going to have uh, Friday uh, before it. We're going to have a, a lunch together at the Little Apple Brewery Company. Mm -hmm. uh, great food, from what I've heard. And we're going to have an event there. We're going to do some giveaways. So if you're interested in going to the uh, to that event, 
uh, email the show geocache talk at gmail and I'll get you the information about uh, more about that so um, then uh, the week after that we're going to talk about we're going to do the CETO show um, on April 2nd and um, we have a giveaway Sydney for that I've got a coin I do I have a a CETO coin great yes from IB geocaching from old Peter Young is, is graciously donated a CETO coin. It's really cool. I'll show it next next week when we get closer to the show. Uh, to, uh, but it's uh, it's really cool. Big metal coin, um, and um, you know, people love the shiny. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> As so, do I. Oh, we all do. Yes, you do. You got to. I like that behind you. It's like yes. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And this is even all of them. I have more. Oh, of course, of course. But yeah. I, I like your setup. Nice little setup there. I have a few over the years right back here too. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so good. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, please email us your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're real active on Twitter. Um, the show's Twitter is at geocachetalk. Uh, mine is at Gary Slinkard, all one word. Jesse <clears throat> is at Memphis underscore mafia. And Sydney is at Shermanator GC, all one word. Uh, and Facebook, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash geocache talk. Show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, as well as the geocache, geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click on the subscribe button below so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And until Wednesday, don't just talk about geocaching. Go hide a gadget cache and then go out and geocache yourself. So, good night, everybody. Good night, everyone.